My name is Lucy, and I am a compulsive over and under eater. Hi, you guys, and your leader for this meeting. Would all who care to please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we begin, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please check again. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. I will share for 20 minutes, followed by five minutes of Ask It Basket questions. Anybody in here um, not know what Ask It Basket questions are? Okay. Uh, And we'll finish up with open sharing. The topic for this session is making amends, doing the next right thing. Let's begin with a reading from Voices of Recovery, page 68. To be free of the wreckage of my past, I have to do more than just say I am sorry when I harm another person. I have to change my behavior. This can be hard and sometimes disconcerting, particularly when my old behavior patterns and beliefs are stronger than I thought. Okay. So, um, as I said earlier, I am Lucy. I'm a compulsive over and under eater. And to qualify, I have weighed 45 pounds more and 45 pounds less than I do right now. I've uh, been abstinent for four years, and I can gratefully say that except for a few pounds up and down, I've been pretty much the same weight for four years, which is a miracle because in the past, my weight went up and down, and it was very rare to have a one-year period where my weight didn't fluctuate at least 10 or 15 pounds up or down. I'm grateful to not be obsessed with my weight going up and down. Um, I want to share that when I came back into OA recovery this time, um, about four years ago, over four years ago, I had been sitting on the, cu- on the couch at night watching TV and eating juice-sweetened cookies. I quit eating sugar before I came to OA back in the 80s. And over the years, I had, I had not been eating sugar and um, either desserts or if it was more than like the fifth ingredient in a, in a savory food. And... Um, and I, in the 
couple of years before I came back to OA, I was beginning to dabble in baked goods that had sugar in them, as long as they didn't have sugar on the top, you know, how our brains work. Um, and I had really started to to eat more sugar-free candy, dessert-type foods, and um, I was eating more of the stuff from the health food store that was fruit juice sweetened. So in the months before I came back in, I was binging on these enormous fruit juice sweetened cookies that you got eight of them in a package for nine bucks. And I was having like two or three packages a night and then eating crackers and popcorn and whatever else I could find. And I work in healthcare, and I'd go to work during the day, and I'd be telling people about how to manage weight and work with their compulsive eating. I didn't feel very good about that. I felt really embarrassed. I was aware whenever I said anything at work to somebody that um, that I was a hypocrite. And um, I'm not a hypocrite, but I was being hypocritical. And... Uh, that I needed to do something, and I really struggled to get back into OA. I went to meetings off and on for about a year and a half before I made the commitment and got abstinent again and got a sponsor and started working the steps and made it a practice to be involved in OA again. And um, I tell you that story because I've been working on amends. i I started out in other 12-step programs, and I've been in a number of them for the last 30 years. So I'm not new to amends in OA. However, um, I have just uh, completed the seventh step, and, and I have just completed, I'm sorry, the, I'm, I'm nervous, so um, I'm, I'm getting confused about my steps. Um, I just... I'm working on amends currently. And with my sponsor, we figured out that this this go-round of working the steps, I don't have any amends to make directly to people where I say, gee, I'm sorry for what I did, and we talk about it. Um, I'm writing four letters to people. Um, two of them are to people where to go to them and try to make in-person amends might harm them. So I'm writing letters to them that I'm not going to send to be prepared if at some point they come to me and want to talk about things that happened that, um, that currently I'm not, I'm not going to them. Um, I'm writing one letter to my husband, not because... I have amends to make about things I did, but because of just how compulsive over and under eating and being obsessed with food makes me unavailable in relationship and makes me grumpy and makes me preoccupied. And from that letter, I may make some in-person amends, Um, but I'm writing the letter now to get clearer about attitudes. And then... um, what I think is one of the most important letters is I'm writing a letter to myself. Um, I think I'm the one 
who needs the amends the most at this point in my life. And uh, I brought what I've written so far on that letter, and I want to read it to you. And then I want to talk a little bit about amends I've made in the past. And and I have a funny story to tell you about how I wound up sharing at this meeting. Um, so this letter starts, Dear Lucy, you don't deserve the way I have treated you. I have punished you and hidden you away from people and opportunities. I have ignored your health and your appearance. Now I have come to appreciate more the challenges you have faced. You want to play and be seen by trustworthy people. You want people to listen to your ideas and take them seriously. You are idealistic so that you expect people to share your values. I have suppressed you. I have parked you in front of the TV and stuffed you with cookies, popcorn, crackers, scones, and other foods picked for the sole purpose of numbing out. I have been afraid of being more physically and socially active. I want to be seen, but I am more afraid of being seen and being too much. I also kept you in clutter so you did not have space or time to do things. I have waited for my house to get organized before I do arts or crafts. I have waited to be more comfortable before socializing. I have lived in fear using food to keep your needs and desires hidden from you and others. I want you to be able to get your needs and wants met. That's what I've written so far on that. So you get the sense of where I'm going with that. And I'm going to write more to myself about that. Before I've been writing, I've, I've been doing a lot of prayer to get ready. I've prayed that my higher power um, bring to me intuitive ideas about what I need to say to myself and what amends I need to make to myself now, and I'll continue to do that with the other letters. Um, I've, I've done the other steps and worked with my sponsor and gotten really clear with her about you know, what needs a written amends, what needs an in-person amends, what needs a letter. Um, and I've done a lot of prayer about it. I've read the step in the OA 12 and 12, the AA 12 and 12. I've read about it in the big book. And I've been to lots of meetings where people have talked about these steps. So that that kind of preparation really helps and it helps to read these to people and just hear what people have to say, other people in OA. Um, so um, I want to say that I have done lots of in-person amends with people. I make amends regularly. I was supposed to be one of the speakers at... Um, one of the meetings that was 3.45 to 5 p.m. And after lunch, I went in the pool, and then I took a nap. And I set my alarm to wake up in time to do that speaking. And it turns out I didn't set my alarm correctly. And I didn't wake up until after 4 o'clock. And uh, I, 
I felt really embarrassed and I felt really badly because I don't like to flake out on responsibilities. So um, I went downstairs to talk to Nancy, who coordinated the speakers for the whole weekend. And uh, I really apologized profusely. And I came down to the room where the meeting was going on and they were just wrapping up. So obviously um, they found another speaker and the meeting was fine. Um, So I went back to the desk, thank you, where um, Nancy was and let her know that they were already wrapping up and that they didn't need me. And uh, she said, oh, oh, by the way, um, we need someone to speak at the 6 o'clock marathon meeting, and some of you are already aware of what that means, the meeting on making amends. So I'm making living amends for sleeping through the the workshop that I was supposed to speak at earlier. And uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity because I don't go home feeling badly about myself that, you know, um, my head can tell me lots of negative things about myself and I'm working really hard at not listening to that and building up the reservoir of positive things that I say to myself and that you guys say to me that I take in. Um, So I've also done lots of amends with people face-to-face. Some of my earlier amends were to my parents, um, apologizing for things I had done as a teenager, um, things I had done as a young adult. And um, those amends were were met with a certain amount of resistance. My father kept saying, I don't want you to feel guilty. That's all in the past. Don't worry about it. Sort of like he didn't even want to hear it. Um, And my mother sort of looked at me in wonderment, like she couldn't believe I was saying the things. And um, So those amends were fairly easy. Um, For the most part, my amends have been greeted with Um, lots of people saying to me, oh, that's okay, or thank you for that amends, or yeah, I'm so glad you said something. Let me tell you what my experience of that was. And by and large, people have been very warm and welcoming, and it's opened lots of doors for me to experiences and relationships that I hadn't had prior to recovery. Um, Relationships of forgiveness, I mean, experiences of forgiveness, experiences of having understandings about, you know, where there was miscommunication or where we'd um, misread situations. Um, I have made some financial amends, Um, where I paid people back um, either for things, either where they've loaned me money and I didn't loan, I didn't pay it back or where I'd stolen um, food or other things. Um, I know um, I have not made, well, I'll just stick with my own. So, um, and I've made a lot of amends to to people where um, 
as a result of the amends, um, we continued to be friends at a much, or whatever relationship at a much deeper level. Um, I've made some amends at work. I um, had a, a supervisor above my supervisor who was like the head of a whole unit of doctors where I work, and I made amends to him. Um, he announced that he was going to retire, and I went to him and made amends for my bad attitude at work. Um, there were some meetings I had been in where I felt like he didn't want to hear my opinion, he didn't want me to speak up, and and you know I didn't like how I was treated, but that wasn't that wasn't the point. The point was I needed to make amends for my attitude. And I'd had a very bad attitude at my job for a number of years. I've been in my current job about 17 years now, and I've had different supervisors, both immediate supervisors and higher-up supervisors. And I'd had a bad attitude for quite a few years for a whole host of reasons I won't go into right now. And as a result of coming back into OA and working the steps, I wasn't on this step formally, but I knew I needed to make amends for my bad attitude and clean up how I, thank you, how I was at work. So um, I made amends to him, and he was a little confused. He, he didn't, I don't think he was aware of my bad attitude. He um, was so busy dealing with other things, he wasn't even aware of my bad attitude. But when he retired, there was no unfinished business, which it feels really great. I can say before I came into recovery, there were lots of people out there in the world that I would have had funny feelings about meeting up with because of some unfinished business. And it's really nice to have that cleaned up and be able to walk in the world and not worry about who I'm going to run into or what unfinished business is hanging around back there to embarrass me or make me feel less than. Um, I think about the line, I believe it's from the big book that says, you guys can help me. We don't bow and scrape before others. You know, higher power, whoever, I'm here in the, on the planet because I have my life to live. And um, I don't, I don't want to be in the position that I need to apologize to other people for my life. Um, let's see, what haven't I said that I want to say? Um, oh, I have had one experience where I made amends to somebody and they were like, yeah, okay. You know, didn't forgive me. Um, it wasn't somebody that I see face to face very often and it was in the past. So um, it, I felt like I did my side of the street and it's okay. Not everybody has to like me or forgive me or feel good about me. That's okay. I've done the best I can once I've made amends and turned it over. Um, 
And for a while, I prayed for that person that he get everything he wanted and needed in life so that I wouldn't have any residual leftover stuff. Um, let's see. Any other amends? I've made amends where, um, like with my bad attitude at work, I have really had to work at um, trying to be really clear about the boundaries. At my job, we had a union action, several union actions in the last few years. And I had to be really clear about, you know, all of the negative I was hearing about my employer and aware of that was true about my employer through my union and how we were being treated as employees, but not act that out on my job. And I think as a result of having done step work and become clear about my bad attitude, I was able to be really clear and boundaried about that. So boundaries are clear boundaries, healthy boundaries are a really wonderful benefit of this step. Um, I can't think of anything else I want to say right now, so I'll finish up with that for now. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Okay, lots of questions. Good. Okay. It's a little hard for me to read this. I think it says, show you expect amends to restore broken relationships. Did I get that? Should you expect amends to restore broken relationships? My experience is, by and large, yes, amends do restore broken relationships. I think expecting that might set you up for disappointment. I think it's helpful to be ready for whatever response someone you're making amends to might have. And to work with sponsors and other members of OA who've been through the process to be ready for whatever response you get and not maybe not make amends until you're ready for whatever response you get. And if you're really worried that you're going to get a negative response to set up backup, you know, have people who are going to be available to support you and help you if the amends doesn't go well. But by and large, my experience and the experience I hear of a lot of people in OA is that um, doing amends does restore broken relationships and can have miraculous results. Okay. What has been your process for determining what acts towards other towards others requires an amends and what acts don't require amends. That's a really good one. Um, I've been through some trauma in my life. Um, there were people who did things to me that weren't right. And um, that was a, 
a tricky one with my parents. Um, there were things that went on with my parents that they shouldn't have ever done to a child or said to a child. And um, that's been an ongoing process. Um, my mother died two, about three years ago, and my father died about eight years ago. And I'm still working on you know, what's theirs and what's mine, particularly with my mother who was critical and had a lot of negative things to say to me, um, not because she disliked me, but because she wanted to protect me and she wanted me to be the perfect person she wasn't able to be. So it's an ongoing process. Um, I think it's it's been helpful for me to get outside help and to to use that help in concert with my program. I love working back and forth between therapy and and program step work and sponsor work and meeting work um, with figuring out, you know, what did somebody do to me that I don't owe amends for? And, you know, things that were done to me as a kid, I... I had to figure out what was I responsible for because some of the stuff that was done to me as a kid I was told was my fault when it wasn't. And to get through that brainwashing takes time and effort. Um, And I think for me it's really taken um, working with other people, even in this last process of doing four-step, six-step, seven-step, eight-step I've needed my sponsor to help me figure out, well, who do I owe in-person amends to and who do I not owe amends to? And that's not always an easy thing to figure out. Um, Sometimes we do amends, clean to our side of streets, but either... Either the other person is now forgiving or the relationship still is not fixed. How do you handle that disappointment? You know, I think you pray about it, you write about it, you talk to people about it, um, you pray about it. I found praying that the person get everything they want and need really helps when I feel uncomfortable with other people where we've worked really hard at trying to fix it and it's still not fixed. Um, um, In my relationship with my husband and previous intimate relationships, sometimes we've gotten help, outside help. But this is about handling the disappointment and I think that's something to take to your higher power and other people. Um, Was making your amends list easy or hard and why? Um, Like I say, I wasn't entirely clear who should and shouldn't be on the list. Um, In situations, there were a lot of situations where I, um, I thought negative things about people, was critical about people in my head but I didn't say it, I didn't gossip it, I, you know, it was just private in my own head. And in those situations, I didn't need to make amends. But um, I had put them on the list to talk to my sponsor about because I wanted to be clear, I wanted to be 
really sure. And my advice is if you're not sure, talk to your sponsor about it. Talk to other people about it. Um, I I really put everybody on the list that I thought was any possibility that I owed them an amends and prayed a lot about that and talked to my sponsor and talked to some other people because I really want to make all the amends I can to feel good in the world because I I do walk around with that negative voice that talks to me and I need to make the amends and be clean with people so I can know when things go on in relationship, I can be clear about, did I do something wrong? Did somebody else do something? You know, is my head just talking to me with the old voices or am I really okay? What are some examples of what to say and what not to say when making amends? Um, really clearly when uh, making amends, and, and I think everybody has to make their own amends and, and see. I mean, you have to figure out what you need to say and don't need to say. Um, for me, I really shouldn't be saying things like, uh, you did blah, blah, blah. You know, if I want to say, when you said so-and-so or when you did so-and-so, I thought or I felt, well, that's fine. I'm, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just stating the facts. When certain things happened, this is what I did. But I don't, I want, I don't want to be pointing fingers. I don't want to be, you did, you said, or you, you acted like a fill-in-the-blank. Um, good or bad. I mean, the amends are about me, not about somebody else and what they did. Um, let's see. Um, it was important for me making amends, and it's still important for me making amends to say to people, um, here's what I did wrong, here's how I know it was wrong, or what I think was wrong about it, Here's how I got into the place to do it. Here's how I'm not going to do it in the future. And here's what I want you to do if you experience me doing it again. For me, I believe that people, amends are much more meaningful if I can tell people what my process was when I made the mistake, not to make excuses but just to help with understanding um, and uh, to talk about, you know, what's my process for figuring out I was wrong and how I'm going to protect them from doing it again and what help I want from them if I get into trouble again. You know, that's really important, like with my husband, because I can get critical in a second. And um, we've worked it out where if he feels criticized, he lets me know. And I take responsibility for what I've done and said. And I work on, you know, where did that come from? What's going on with me? You know, sometimes it's just, oh, I'm hungry or I'm tired. And sometimes there's something going on that I need to work out and come back to him and explain and make amends so that I don't get critical in that way again. All right. 
How do you know when you have to do an amend? Do you have to wait until you are in that specific step? I often know when I need to make an amend because I can feel it. My gut says, oh, or I feel guilty. Um, and I don't wait. If, if I need, you know, if, if I'm in a situation where I'm really clear I need to make an amend, I, I make it. I don't, I don't wait. You know, the, the stuff that comes up for me in the specific step may be bigger stuff, attitude stuff, old stuff. But anytime something's going on, I just go. And a lot of times it's my gut or, uh, or somebody tells me or I can tell by somebody's behavior that they feel hurt or upset or whatever. How do I make amends to my three-year-old when I vent my anger and overreact on him to his age-appropriate defiance? Okay. Uh, I am not a parent. I do not have biological children. I do have children inside. I have a three-year-old Lucy inside me. (laughs) I have... uh, I'm married to uh, an adult who has a three-year-old inside him. I am friends with people who have three-year-olds inside them. So with that caveat, I would say um, my experience making amends to my three-year-old and the three-year-olds and the adults I know is that all I have to do is say, gee, I'm really sorry I didn't mean that. Or, you, you know, if I've said, oh, you're being a bad boy or a bad girl, I can, in whatever language I said that, I can go back and say, that's not true. I was upset. I was angry. I was tired. I was hungry. I lost my patience. Um, you know, and I love you and I care for you and I want all the best for you. And, you know, and just keep working with that. I don't know how people are parents. It's such hard work. Okay. And maybe other people will speak to working with kids. So I think we're, any other questions? Uh, I think we're at the time for open sharing. Please come to the podium if you would like to share and sign the recording release form. Please stick to the topic, and the timer will remind you to stop at three minutes. Any shares? End of the day, everybody tired? Ah, Okay. If you'll sign. Thank you. Thank you for your share. Um, I'm Amy. I'll qualify. I'm... um, I have over five and a half years of abstinence. I'm keeping off 100 and almost 110 pounds for that time. And I sponsor, oh, never mind. And, um, and I do a weight and measured program. Um, I've done two amends that um, were really powerful. I had um, an uncle that when I was born, um, he got cancer, and by the time he died six, 16 years later, it, his entire body was full of it. And I thought he hated me, and I just let everything be around this guy that I saw maybe, you know, four times or 
I don't know, 10 times, made this huge deal. And so I was in program a certain amount of time and um, went to a um, cousin's house and um, his son was there. And I said to him, I want to make an amends to your father. Um, And I said, I thought he hated me. And he was like, oh my gosh, you know. And it really didn't matter what the son, he was very nice about it. But it was so freeing to let that go. Um, I had really played the victim, like really played the victim. And to really be able to just say, that poor man was dying for 16 years and I made it all about me. I mean, really all about me. And then the other one was, I have a, I have a son who's 11. And so I came into program when he was, um, what would that be, you know, uh, six years ago, basically. And... Um, I'm a super intense mom. I come from rageaholics, rage, rage, rageaholics, and I was being really, really intense with him. And um, so I came in, and he loved me to death, of course, and um, I couldn't say that about him because he was going to cause me pain and suffering. I was sure of it. And um, and if he made a mistake, I was going to pay for it, and I was scared to death. And I couldn't handle one more day of someone coming down on me. And, um, and so I was going to do really great harm to this son. And um, so I've been in program all this time, and I go to another program that helps me be to fill this hole that I have that I, when I don't eat. And um, I could not make an amends to this kid because I was continuing to not be a perfect parent, Right. And so I couldn't make an amends, couldn't make an amends, but I was learning and I do my questions and I call on my food every day and my sponsor loves me no matter what. And she tells me to forgive myself and to be a good person to myself and to love myself. And I'll wrap it up. Um, is that say one or done? Okay, I'll wrap it up. And um, the other day, he did something terrible, and I was able to say to him, like, that was a mistake, and mistakes are okay. And, and he looked me in my eye, and I got on my knees in front of him, and I said, I love you with all my heart. And I could tell him I loved him because I love him now. And I said, and, um, and I'm so sorry that I was so hard on you. And he looked at me, and he hugged me, and he hugged me, and he hugged me. And I got my son back, and I'm not perfect. But he looks at me in the eye now. And, you know, I'm not perfect, and I'm a rough parent. But, um, but because of this program, I have real hope that I'm not going to destroy him and that he will have hope. And, and um, so I'm really grateful for amends. Thank you. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm a compulsive overeater. So just like uh, one of the catchphrases in program says, I only have six problems, people, places, things, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So with that many issues, um, I have a lot of built-up anger and resentment, um, and I hurt a lot of people's feelings with that anger and resentment um, over the years. So I had a similar experience to Lucy. Thank you so much, Lucy, for your share. Um, and I, I had I met really gracious people. I was met with a lot of gracious attitude when I went and made my in-person amends. Um, and then 
after a while, I started to realize that I needed to try to avoid <laughs> needing to make further amends. So I really started to work with my sponsor on expectations. And another one of our catchphrases is expectations are just resentments in training, right? So I had to work on not expecting somebody to be some way or act some way, say something, because that's what I wanted the outcome to be. And so I got the gift of only having thought crimes in my head and not actually acting those out. So I can, I can, I can, when I have an expectation or or I feel a resentment building, it's just in my brain. And thankfully I don't, I often don't, (laughs) not hundred percent, not perfect. Um, you know, act out on that, on that anger, act out on that resentment. So, um, I just, I just think it's such a, such a gift that this program has given me the tools to be able to work on those things to avoid having to make further, um, further amends. And it's just the steps come in the order that they do for a reason. And um, for any of those of you who have not made them yet, I, I wish you luck and, and work with your sponsor on them because it's, it's, it become, it's, a, it's a relief when they're done. So thank you. Hi, my name is Amy, and um, I'm, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'll say I'm Amy from Merced. There's lots of us here. <laughs> um, a couple of things. Uh, um, I, sh- I shared this in another session, but if you weren't there, um, some amazing amends. Uh, one was I was really, really scared to do them, and I'm really grateful for my sponsor to just say, pick an easy one first. Um, because that saved me. That just absolutely saved me. And I picked my dad because I was uh, daddy's little girl and I had, I actually grew up in a very loving, um, home and I knew that that he was safe. And, um, so I made amends to my dad and, um, uh, at, at like Christmas and they, my parents live in a different state. Um, so I I waited to see him. One of the things I was told about amends was to to wait, if you can wait to see the person in person. Um, so I had waited until Christmas, um, made the amends and three days later he unexpectedly died. So I had just, I was so grateful to program that I had closure with my dad and it was, it was like a little thing. It wasn't, but the complete, Completion and the closure I had um, was a gift, absolutely a gift. Um, it took me probably three years after that before I could make amends to my mom because that was much more complicated. Um, and I had to, um, I didn't really have a lot of specifics. Some, uh, my sponsor said if the more specific you can be, the better it is so that you can specifically said, I was wrong when I did a, B, C. Um, but I didn't really have, it was hard with my mother. However, um, miracles happen. And I I really liked the questions about, do you expect relationships to be fixed? No, I do not. Um, but miracles do happen. Um, but I don't expect them. And now my mom is my daily prayer partner. I speak to her every day and we pray together. I would never have been able to ever imagine that could have happened, but it's because I did the amends. I have a son, um, 
I really also believe in living amends. So if I am angry at my son, I, I can say I am sorry. But for me, what is most important is the living amends and to change my behavior. I am not perfect, and I really love that message. Um, but I need to change my behavior. If I feel bad about yelling at my son, I need to stop doing it. Um, so, and I did a lot of living amends with my mother too. And the last thing I'll say is what my sponsor told me was, um, not just to say that I'm sorry, but to also ask, what can I do to make this right? And let the other person speak. And also to know that I have a choice. So I don't, I don't automatically say, okay, I'll do that. But to have that, um, opening. So thank you. Um, I'm Julie, anorexic, compulsive eater, sugar addict. Hello. I'm doing this step right now, step nine. I've made my list, but I haven't made any amends yet. Um, Part of my disease is being a people pleaser, so my list is not that long, but one of them is pretty horrendous. Um, It's my mother, of course. Of course, it's a parent. Those are the ones that you heard the most, in my opinion, Um, especially during the teenage years always so mean to them. Um, But it was so bad, and she has her own side of the street, but it was so bad that she was in the car, bags packed, ready to leave us and never come back because I was that horrible to her. Her life was that bad. Um, And at the time, I didn't care. Um, Program has helped me see how much I hurt her. Um, still not totally sure why I felt that way, why I needed to hurt her. Um, I know my father didn't like her very much, and I was daddy's girl, so maybe I was just reflecting what he was projecting. Um, But again, due to program, she joined program 13 days ago, which I'm super happy about. So every day I see a step forward in our relationship. I see improvement in our relationship. Um, even up to the day before I started, uh, my fourth step, we had a horrible relationship still, um, program hadn't helped me yet deal with all of that, the anger, the resentment, all of that. And again, by the grace of God, and I haven't made my amends yet, but I'm working on it. Um, step four and step nine have completely turned around my relationship with my mother. And I'm sure that Going forward, like somebody else said, I will continue to make living amends to her because neither one of us are perfect. Um, Really quickly, also, I really liked in step nine, you're supposed to read um, Freedom from Bondage. And it said to every night when you pray, to pray for the person who you have the resentment against to get everything wonderful in your life is bestowed upon them. And I really like that. I think that's awesome, you know. 
if I have good feelings and I'm prosperous and I'm healthy, and I want her to have all of that too. So I have started to do that every night, and it has already helped me. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lisa, compulsive overeater. Thanks so much, Lucy. Um, I guess I just wanted to um, reflect on the reminder that I can that there are actions that I can take. I'm on the ninth step. Um, I've been in program four years, and I'm still working my way through the steps for the first time. I've been on the ninth step for a really long time, and so just you know, I think like I'm really grateful that I had the willingness to stay around for this session and um, the reminder that, yeah, I can read step nine, you know, reread step nine in the OA 12 and 12, reread step nine in the AA 12 and 12 and in the big book and, um, you know, just pray for the willingness to take the actions, um, actions like that. And, um, you know, I'm finding, I shared about this in another session already, but I'm finding that um, some of my amends that have been on my list uh, for a really long time are not actually amends that I owe. I, they don't actually really qualify it that I did harm to the other person. So I think what's coming is that I, um, am really, really hard on myself and I get to, as a part of this step, cause that's, you know, making amends to myself, I get to let that go. And, um, and that's proving to be really difficult and kind of painful. Um, so um, I guess that's all I have to share. Thanks for listening. Are we out of time? Okay. All right. So... Um, Thank you all for sharing and participating. It is now time to close this session. Please stand and join hands as we close with the unity prayer. The I put my hand in yours prayer.